Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Pearl Lever and I will be your host. Today's podcast guests are Melissa Wasson, Manager of Business Development and Operations for St. John Ambulance, and Roberta Hewitt, who is the Director of Marketing and Communication for St. John Ambulance. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. A few years ago, I had the opportunity to sit in on a presentation on defibrillators at a local health and safety conference. And I guess for me, it was, it was really eye-opening as to the life-saving potential that they provided. On today's podcast, I would like for you to help uh, educate our listeners on this life-saving potential, as well as to provide us with some real-life examples uh, that you might be familiar with as far as uh, having them actually in use. But before we get into that, uh, it's always nice for me to uh, find out a little bit about the uh, people I'm interviewing. So, Melissa, would you like to tell folks a little bit about your background? Well, Curly, I have been with St. John Ambulance for 10 years now. Um, I really do have a lot of passion for what we do here at St. John Ambulance. Um, I've had various roles here, but I'm, I'm, I must say that my favorite one is teaching people these, these life-saving skills and knowing that there's people going out into the public, um, that are, are really going out with val- very valuable um, skills to, to potentially save a life. How about you, Roberta? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I've been with St. John Ambulance now for 18 years, uh, and I work in marketing and communications, and it's, it's just a wonderful organization to be a part of. Uh, we save lives. We train people in uh, essential life-saving skills, and the revenue generated from that training supports our community services side, uh, where we have volunteers uh, that uh, provide first aid at public events. We have therapy dog volunteers who visit hospitals and seniors' homes. Um, so, yeah, the story of St. John Ambulance is just all about um, helping people in local communities. Very good. So, Melissa, I'll throw the first three questions over to you. Um, so let's start with what is, for folks who may not be, even be familiar with what is a defibrillator? And how do they work? An AED, also known as an automated external defibrillator, is a device that will monitor a heart rhythm. It can tell if the heart has stopped beating effectively, and if required, the device will deliver an electric shock to the heart to aid it in returning to a normal rhythm. So how easy are they for someone to use? I guess people always get questions. Yes, we do. Um, Well, Carly, as soon as you turn on the device, it will tell you exactly what to do and walk you through the procedure, as well as there are diagrams that show you exactly where to place the electrodes. These devices can be used by just about anyone, regardless of age or experience. Using an AED is likely one of the easiest first aid skills that you can master. So if I'm at work a particular day, one of my uh, colleagues passes out, uh, you know, we go over and, and there's no heartbeat uh, Walk us through the process that you would follow to to uh, access and then to use a defibrillator and to know whether or not it's a success. Well, once you determine that the individual is unconscious and not breathing, this is when you would use an AED combined with performing CPR. When the device is turned on and the pads are probably placed on an individual, it will begin to analyze for a shockable heart rhythm. 
And once this is detected, you will then be asked by the device to stand back while a shock is administered. Okay. Now what? The, the device will then administer a shock and um, it will continue to do so and walk you through the steps um, to perform CPR until the, either the, the heart rhythm returns to normal or paramedics arrive on scene. Yeah. So I guess, uh, you know, the point I was, I was trying to get at, you, you, you talked about walking you through the process. And I know some people I've talked to have said, well, look, you know, I'd be a little afraid to use them like a, I've never used one before. But they do actually talk to you and they, they give you verbal instructions. Absolutely. Exactly what to do. From the time you put, you push that button, you you turn it on, it will give you all the steps required. Um, the basics, um, you know, re- first step, remove clothing and place the pads. It will say each step along the way. Um, when it's time to perform CPR, it will tell you begin CPR. Um, very clear voice prompts. So easy to use. Yeah, and that's that's a really nice thing about them. Uh, you know, I, I guess I didn't realize how easy they would be to use. And, uh, you know, sometimes we, we get these things and we're not familiar with them and we kind of hesitate. And, uh, you know, I know what the session I was at, they, they basically said the same thing you did. It's, it's just so easy to use it that, uh, you know, you really don't have to be afraid. It's going to walk you through the process. It's going to talk to you, tell you exactly what to do. So if you've never used one before, uh, if you're not familiar with one, uh, it's it's an easy easy process. So, Roberta, what's the what's the success rate when they're used? Uh, so the success rate is is actually fantastic. And I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but each year there are approximately forty thousand cardiac arrests occurring in this country. And when that does happen, the probability of survival declines. Seven to ten percent with each passing minute. So you are rapidly running out of time. Uh, defibrillation alone will improve your survival rate by up to thirty percent. And combined with CPR, those rates can go up to fifty percent or more. So it's so important that bystander CPR and quick access to a defibrillator. Those are the key things when someone's in sudden ca- as cardiac arrest, and that can make the difference between life and death. So is there any time frame that I'm working with now? I look over and I see my colleague pass out and I run over and, uh, you know, check and there doesn't appear to be any kind of heartbeat. What kind of time frame am I looking at to try and get the that? sooner. Going. The sooner the better, as quick as you can. Uh, you know, we all hear stories about, you know, uh, someone going into cardiac arrest and, and they were worked on for 20 minutes for longer. Um, so the faster you can apply that defibrillator, the faster you can start CPR um, is key. Just quick, as quick as you can. Okay. Um, when should they be used? When should they not be used? Are there any situations? So there are two. Okay, so there's two types of shockable rhythms. So you have ventricular tachycardia and ventricular fibrillation. So in very, very basic terms, what that means um, is that the AED will, will search and detect these, these 
patterns, these rhythms. And so V tech is when the heart is beating really, really, really fast. And the fib is when the heart is just quivering in your chest and there's no blood being pumped out. And so those are the only two rhythms that the device can hopefully correct. So, and if you're in a different rhythm, the device is actually not going to deliver a shock. It won't do anything. So it's important to know you can't do any harm. There's no need to be afraid because the AED will not make a situation any worse. It can only help. Okay. Now, AFib, it will work on that? I'm sorry, it will work on V-fib, ventricular fibrillation, yes. Okay, okay then. So, um, can you use these machines, devices more than once? So, at an event, so if someone's in sudden cardiac arrest, as Melissa noted, the device will keep analyzing and keep delivering that shock until you pass that person off to EMS or until the person recovers. Um, but once you use the device, once that event is over, you will have to replace uh, components of the device to be used again. So you would need new pads, for example, uh, for the next incident. Okay, we're going to get into cost a little bit later here. But what, So what's the cost of a defibrillator? And I'm going to, uh, uh, I guess it doesn't matter really who answers that one. What's the cost associated with buying a new one? And then if you have to use it, replacing the pads and so on. And I'll leave that open to whoever wants to answer. Maybe Melissa? Hi, Carly. Prices um, vary, obviously, for the devices. We are currently carrying the Striker AED line. These range from $1,800 to $2,500. The devices come with a variety of features, such as warranty and the option to have these devices bilingual. Um, Depending on the models, the the components that need replaced vary in price considerably as well. So you could be looking at anywhere from a battery for $184 to a battery for, for $500. It, it varies depending on the make and model and, um, there's no, there's no set price on those. And the same as the pads as well. Some devices come with a battery pad combo pack. So the battery and pads are combined in one unit and they slide right in the device. There's so many different um, models on the market today. At the end of the day, they will, they will all perform in the same manner, but there are, are a wide variety of devices and their components to vary as well. So what kind of, I guess if, if you have so many different models, what are the different features that there would be to, to sort of that those folks would promote? Um, well, some of the features are um, fully automatic versus semi-automatic. So a semi-automatic device will advise you that a shock is advised, please stand back, and then it will tell you to push the button to administer the shock. Um, You will then be responsible to push that button, everybody's clear, and the device will administer the shock. A fully automatic model um, 
is a little different. It will tell you to stand back when a shock is advised, but the device itself will administer the shock. Um, so no need for the individual to to push any more buttons. Um, we see a lot of individuals or a lot of facilities maybe with public access purchasing these or um, in a place where not everybody is trained in first aid because uh, I, I know that people can be a little apprehensive sometimes to push that button or to know they have to push that button. This does eliminate that for them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very popular in 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 that mm-hmm. sense for the the places where general public would be using the devices. Okay. So if I buy one for my company, my organization, uh, I want one for all my employees to have access to. Uh, should I train all my employees on the use of them or not? It is, it's not necessary to train all of your staff. However, when you purchase an AED from St. John Ambulance, we will provide you with a free AED demo session. So what we do is send one of our qualified instructors to your location to demonstrate to your staff how to use and maintain the device and answer any questions your staff may have regarding the AED. Um, so they'll, they'll show you how to replace batteries, how to, how to monitor all that stuff and what to look for and how to properly use it. How long do the batteries last? Is there is there sort of a I know with uh, some things there's a, a date on them that you have to sort of refresh things by or whatever. Is there any yeah. date on the defibrillator? There is. So not on the defibrillator itself, um, but on the pads and the battery, they are generally good for around three to four years. Okay. And both of those components will have an expiry date on them. So where should you place these in your organization? Is there any sort of spot that you recommend that uh, if I buy one that I put it? Absolutely. Um, we recommend that they have a defibrillator that is accessible to employees as well as general public in a facility. An AD should always be accessible. It's not something you would want to store in a locked room or somewhere where employees cannot easily retrieve it. Um, we recommend that it be located in a very high traffic area where it is visible to everybody. Um, we also carry alarmed wall cabinets. These cabinets will send an alarm when the door of the cabinet is open. So they're not a locked cabinet. They, anybody can open the door, but an alarm will sound um, notifying people in the area that the AED has been accessed. How prevalent are these now in uh, public facilities uh Shopping malls, hockey rinks, that sort of thing. AEDs are becoming so prevalent in workplaces and public facilities. More and more every day, people are realizing the value of having an AED at a facility or workplace. It's not uncommon now to see them in apartment complex or cottage communities. We've also sold a lot of devices to take aboard commercial vessels. It's truly amazing. They're popping up everywhere. Okay. Now, we've talked about what they are, how they're used, and so on. Uh, Roberta, do you have some examples you could share with us as to situations where they've actually have been used and the difference they've made? I certainly do. So something else that we do at St. John Ambulance is we present prestigious 
life-saving awards. So this is where we're getting all of these stories. Um, so if you or someone you know has used first aid to save a life, please get in touch with us because we want to hear from you uh, and possibly even uh, be able to award you with one of these uh, certificates. And just last year at our life-saving awards ceremony, we presented to four individuals who worked together using CPR and AED and saved the life of an 80-year-old gentleman who had collapsed at Walmart in St. John. Uh, so three Walmart employees were uh, first on the scene, and there was also a police constable at hand, on hand, and they worked uh, they worked on him with CPR, got the defibrillator, and uh, that man is alive today thanks to their quick thinking. Um, and as I was reviewing some of our award applications yesterday in preparation for this call, uh, I found another great story that came out of Campbellton. And the person who submitted this is a police officer who was on the scene. And he says that he received a complaint of a deceased person on the floor at Scotiabank. So he walked onto the scene expecting to find someone who had passed. And when he walked in, there was a bystander setting up the defibrillator. And uh, the gentleman who had collapsed actually needed three shocks from the AED, uh, but he was brought back using the device and CPR. So we, we do hear these stories. It is happening. People's lives are being saved. And, and that's why we, we think it's so important that uh, your workplace, uh, your cottage, your vessel, like AEDs save lives. They're so worth the investment. How many shocks normally would a defibrillator give? Is there any sort of set number or is it they it keeps going until when? It just keeps going until the person uh, has responded or until EMS arrives. Yeah, it, it doesn't give up as long as it is sensing one of those two shockable rhythms. If that's happening, the uh, the AED is going to continue to go. Now, do we have any idea how many defibrillators we would have in the province of New Brunswick? I know that's a kind of a loud question, but do we have any idea how many you might have? No? No. Probably, probably uh, no. I, we don't have the statistics on that. Would you? Would you? Are you seeing a lot more of a demand, or what has sort of happened to the demand as far as defibrillators go? The demand has definitely increased um, now that people are, are they see them out and about places and um, the the cost of them make them obtainable for for businesses and and individuals alike. Um, if if you spend all summer at your cottage or you're in a rural area at your camp, um, we're finding a lot more people inquiring on them. Um, for those areas and those reasons, they're, they're, they, they literally are popping up everywhere. We're seeing them now that I am, I am dealing with them on a regular basis. I'm noticing them in a lot more locations when I'm out. Um, you see them in stores, in malls, in public facilities, everywhere. Now, and I'll ask you perhaps this is the last question, Roberta. Um, 
Do you sense any reluctance or do you hear stories of reluctance of, of sort of people, you know, when someone passes out, uh, you know, people are sort of standing around. Everybody's sort of reluctant to either, one, get involved or, or to use a defibrillator. And maybe I'll give this a chance to both of you to answer. Melissa first and then Roberta. Um, no, not really. Once we explain to them how it's used and um, they're aware that it is not going to harm an individual, it's not going to administer a shock unless it's required. Um, if someone uh, jumps ahead too quickly and places the pads on an individual who is still breathing, um, the pads are not going to do anything unless it needs to. So if a heart rhythm is there and everything is working properly, and when people realize that and they realize how um, these devices, how, how well these devices work and how easy they are to work, it it helps eliminate that fear of your, using the device. What are your thoughts, Roberta? What do you I hear? completely agree. I think what's so important, though, is, is to get the word out. So every opportunity we have that we can communicate uh, with the general public or, as Melissa mentioned, about going in to do these these demos or lunch and learns with different companies, uh, it's, it's raising awareness. They are so easy to use. There is nothing uh, to be afraid of. Um, and I, I do think for the most part, people do want to help. I think that's the, the first instinct is, oh, my gosh, how can I help? And there there might be some fear holding uh, someone back. Uh, and that's why we just want people to know, as Melissa said, you cannot hurt anybody. You can only help. And if you would like to feel more confident about your ability to use one of these life-saving devices, we strongly recommend you sign up for first aid training with us at St. John Ambulance because AED is a very important part of all of our standard and emergency and advanced first aid training. Um, so it will give you the opportunity to put those pads on, to push any buttons, uh, and, and so you'll feel that much more secure in knowing that you can make this difference. What about liability issues? I'm sure some some listeners might be sitting there thinking, okay, now, if, if I do get involved, is there any kind of liability issue if I do get involved? So the Good Samaritan Act will protect people uh, from that. Uh, so, no, that, that shouldn't really be a concern at all. Okay. So, Melissa, uh, you're involved in a day-to-day teaching uh, how to uh, first aid plus defibrillators. Any sort of uh, words of wisdom you'd like to share with folks on, uh, you know, why you feel they uh, they should get involved and uh, and sign up for a course? Um, we here at St. John Ambulance, we teach essential life saving skills. Um, our motto is saving lives at work, home, and play. You're you're taking this course for your workplace, or you know, some people take it. For, for personal reasons, what what you're getting from St. John Ambulance by taking a course is invaluable. You're you're gaining the skills to potentially save a life um, of a coworker, of a loved one, a family member, anybody you come across. And you know, there's it's it's a wonderful skill to skill to have. How about you, Roberta? Any last comments? Thoughts you'd like to share with folks? 
You know, as Melissa was speaking, I thought of a conversation I had with one of our first aid instructors um, who had been training for us for a very long time. And I asked him if he had ever needed to use first aid in his day-to-day life. And he said, just one time. And that's when his young child was choking. And he saved that life. So, you know, I hear when when it's needed, the training kicks in. So it is so important to get that training, to get recertified, to practice those skills, um, because you never know when you might need it and you may save the life of someone you love. Yeah, one of my other uh, podcast uh, 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 guests uh, here a couple of weeks ago talked about training. And uh, his message was uh, he, he came upon one of these situations where, as he put it, he had to apply that knowledge that he had learned. And, uh, you know, he, he talked about how critical training is. And in his case, uh, it automatically clicked in. It automatically, you know, he didn't even have to think about it. He just, it he seemed to know what to do, and he did it. And it does make a difference, and it does save lives, and uh, and that was certainly his comment. Look, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, I certainly would encourage all uh, employers or, or folks working even in uh, in public settings uh, to go out and purchase a defibrillator. Uh, they do make a tremendous difference. And, uh, you know, the lives that are saved every year, as you mentioned, the number of people having heart attacks and the lives that are saved by them is tremendous. Thank you very much for being our podcast guest today. Uh, if anyone would like to uh, pass comments on to us or suggest guests for our podcast, you can reach us at perley at ssnb.ca. Stay safe and we'll see you soon.